0: Right, guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Welcome to our State of Origin Game 3 review with of course the New South Wales Blues getting the job done here. Obviously not one to win the series or anything like that, but to avoid uh, a whitewash, a sweep. So thank God for that. Uh, as I said during the week, uh, I didn't overly care about us winning but I certainly didn't want to lose that game I did not want to get swept and if we were uh, if we were going for the sweep I'd be all for it but I just didn't want to get swept myself so uh, very happy with the performance the New South Wales Blues put up we'll get stuck into it now of course this podcast is brought to you by Jim Beam the perfect drink for the pre-game as always drink responsibly guys uh, but yeah Jim Beam put on a fantastic night with me obviously on the Instagram story all of that brought to you by Jim Beam uh, had a lot of fun. Obviously, a little bit more positive than what it has been for the last few weeks. With finally uh, the New South Wales Blues getting a win, it has been a pretty grim couple of weeks. Especially when you're uh, when you are jumping on the internet and giving your live reaction to everything. So fantastic to see uh, us finally get a W. Thoroughly did improve. Did enjoy it, and I really did. Uh, enjoy some of the performances by some of our young guys in particular that came into these sides. So Bradman Best, he's obviously one that stood out. I thought Keon Colin and Tungy was fantastic as well. Um, not so much a young guy, but I thought Cody Walker was unreal as well. So uh, so many positives to get stuck into and I'm really, really uh, looking forward to ripping and tearing into all of those. Uh, obviously off the top, the Queensland Maroons won the series, and I thoroughly believe they were the better side throughout the series. The Blues, definitely the better side last night. Uh, but the Queensland Maroons, it has been an incredible series. And I, uh, I will say this off the top, and I hope people don't think I'm negative or whatever, but it is sort of, it's hard to put a stack of value into a dead rubber game and the result and whatnot. I think at the end of the day, it did mean a lot more to New South Wales uh, when you've got pride on the line um, over essentially just a a record and an extra number. I think it just means a lot more to the New South Wales Blues. And, I mean, we were missing more players than we have been throughout the entire series. We had more rogue picks than we have throughout the entire series, uh, and we just found a way to get it done. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just wild to think uh, what could have been if we had all of our players available. But they weren't, and that's the way it goes. The Queensland Maroons, they obviously lost Jai Arrow. They lost Tommy Gilbert. They made big decisions to leave out guys like KP, Dane Gagai. So um, I don't want it to sound like I'm making excuses because I'm not. The Queensland Maroons, they were the better team, and I think they were the better coach team as well. And I do think... That for all the things that happen on the field, I do think that a large majority of this series was decided um, in the coaching box realistically and on the selection panel which I think that we missed the mark on on a number of occasions but uh, we will get stuck into uh, sort of a wrap up of the entire series a little bit later today on Bloke and a Bar myself Maddie and Kempi going in early Thursday morning to discuss uh, all that sort of stuff so we'll just focus on this game for now Uh, but I do just want to give full credit to the Queensland Roads on a fantastic series victory Uh, they've unearthed a number of fantastic state of origin talents for the future and uh, they really have set themselves up in a very nice way that has me if I'm being completely honest with you guys it has me absolutely terrified uh, for what the Maroons could achieve over the next few years which with such a young squad it is it's going to keep me awake at night especially around this time of the year and I think I think the first week of July, I think there's going to be a number of uh, disappointing weeks in the first week of July over the next couple of years. So we'll uh, see how it plays out, but full credit to the Maroons. But let's get stuck into this game. Um, Now, obviously, we made a number of changes in the New South Wales Blues. Uh, You know, the, the big ones in particular, Bradman Best coming in. He scored two tries tonight in his Origin debut. I thought defensively he was pretty solid as well. That was sort of my eye test. I'm just having a look at the stats now. Uh, But I personally thought he well and truly held his own tonight. Bradman Best, uh, two tries, 11 runs for 126 metres, yeah, one line break, uh, two line break assists. He had some really nice touches uh to Josh Adokar throughout that game. Three tackle breaks. How did he go defensively? Let's have a look. Uh, ten tackles, two missed. I mean, you'll take that, not not blowing it out of the park, but pretty solid. Um, I thought a guy that didn't probably get the love that I anticipated he would across social media and whatnot, but I thought Stephen Crichton was really good tonight. Uh 23 tackles. He only missed three. Came up with a couple of big tackles, too, big origin tackles. Um, You know, obviously had the line break assist, had a try assist. He had a really crucial intercept at one point as well. Um, and as we know, Stephen Crichton he's no stranger to a crucial intercept. Uh, he's had a number of them throughout his career, and that's probably one tonight. Though because he didn't take it to the house or anything like that, probably won't be remembered, but it was a huge play in the context of the game. I thought Brian Toto was fantastic once again. Uh, he ran for 237 metres tonight. He was brilliant. Post contact metres, he ran for 88 post contact metres. The next best for New South Wales was Cam Murray on 50. Uh, so, it really, it, you know, just unbelievable what Brian Toto is doing at the moment. Um, I spoke about it. Uh, on Instagram last night, you might have seen the post, but uh, that is that is now his third origin series in a row where he has averaged more than 200 run metres per game. So just honestly unbelievable. I remember a couple of years ago when Blake Ferguson ran for 200 metres in a season. He averaged 200 metres and we just lost our mind. Brian Toto just did it in a losing origin series where who's talking about him? I mean, this is just what we expect from this guy. And this is what I keep pointing out time and time again that the stuff this guy is doing, it is not fucking normal. There are not guys in the past that have done this sort of shit before. He is just on another level, Brian oh and I think that people are still sleeping on what he's actually doing, and I think that uh, it's going to pass by people, uh, and they're not going to be able to actually sit back and enjoy what this guy is doing. It really is incredible. I'm just trying to find his stats as far as uh, post-contact meters because I think it would just be unbelievable. I'm just trying to find the stat on the nrl.com site, guys, so just just bear with me for just a split second. Uh, You know we always keep it raw and pretty honest here on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Okay, so Brian Totto, in 2023, he averaged 60 post-contact metres Per game, actually, that's before tonight's have been added, so that'll go up because he. So he's going to average about seventy post contact meters per game, which is unbelievable. Uh, in twenty twenty two, he led state of origin as well with an average of seventy nine post contact meters, and in twenty twenty one, he led, <laughs> Jesus Christ he uh, he led state of origin as well for post contact meters uh, with an average of seventy eight. The next best was James Tedesco on sixty. Three, So he averaged 15 more post-contact metres per game in 2021 over the next best. So uh, what Brian Toto has done over the last couple of um, years has just been incredible. And I imagine uh, he would have won 2023 by <laughs> quite a margin as well. He already had a four-point head start over Payne Haas, who didn't feature in this game and uh, Brian Toto ran for 80, so he would have really jumped up there again. So I, I know I say it a lot, and I said it after last year's grand final, and I, I got absolutely hammered in the comments, and and, and that's fine. Uh, I'm happy to wear that, but I think slowly people are starting to realise that what Brian Toto is doing, it isn't what Wendell Saylor did, it isn't what Takiri did, it isn't what Ferguson did, it isn't what Josh Mansour did, uh, it isn't what Matt Utah did. Brian Toto was doing what Brian Toto was doing, and it is just at a different level uh, to what we've ever come to know. It really is incredible, and we need to start respecting what this guy is doing and the bizarre sort of standards uh, that he is setting. Uh, You go back to, like, 2018 GI, he led post-contact metres that season with 69. The next best was 50. Um, You know, just (laughs) incredible stuff for a winger. It is just unbelievable. I think Corey Oates is the closest winger to him, and he's averaging about 50 post-contact metres per game, so... Uh, unbelievable stuff. He is just in a league of his own at the moment, uh, Brian. What he's doing, it just—it's going to be very, very hard to match over a long period of time. He's done it for three years now, and I, I just can't see him slowing down at all either. So, scary, scary stuff. He is doing special things, Brian. So, shout out to him. I just don't think he gets the appreciation and the attention uh, that he should get for what he does, simply because he's so good at it and he does it so consistently that I think we get used to it and we don't really talk about it. He obviously scored the first try for New South Wales as well. Um, Obviously, you know, a a lot of people commenting on his height uh, and obviously going up in those aerial bombs. And it's been something that's been talked about on a number of occasions and brought up a lot as a huge issue. Look, I, I think for the very few times he gets caught out, sure. Uh, but just remember that if he wasn't the height that he is, he probably wouldn't be able to be the greatest guy coming out of his own end just about ever. So you've got to give and take a little bit. Uh, some of these taller guys that might not get jumped in the air, uh, they run for so many less metres than this guy every single game, and you really do notice that coming out of your own end. So pros and cons, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, there's no one taller than Brian Toto who's doing more metres out of their own end than what he has. So uh, there are pros and cons to his game 100%. But I just think that some people want to focus on the negatives at times and not appreciate what he's doing, which is out of this fucking world. Just a reminder, legends, this podcast and all the content around Origin is brought to you by Jim Beam. Jim Beam is the perfect fit for social moments shared with mates ahead of matches and throughout the footy season, in particular, state of origin. Uh, I thought Liam Martin was strong. Once again, another very, very good performance there. Um, Josh Adokar had a... He scored an unbelievable try, a freakish try, had a couple of nice touches, a couple of line breaks and whatnot. And I thought outside of that, he, he was good without being great. Uh, but when he had his highs, fuck me, they were high. And that try, that's one of the great origin tries. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was incredible stuff. Cody Walker, the 5'8", he was everywhere. He was fantastic. I just I loved the confidence that he brought to that left edge. And I've spoken a lot uh, about the way that Josh uh, – that. Um, that Jackson Hastings uses Bradman best up there at Newcastle. And you could tell that Cody Walker, he went in with a plan in this game, how to use Bradman and he executed it perfectly. Even the first try that Bradman best uh, had taken off him, just the confidence that Cody Walker uh, approached that edge with, you could just tell he, he was just on there. So I really do hope that Cody is given another opportunity next year. Cause I am a huge fan of him. I think that sometimes he'd have, he's a bit of a scapegoat. I think sometimes fans make up their opinion on Cody before he actually plays. Uh, but I just, I, I think that he has been a champion player for quite some time now and I just don't think he's had that crowning moment just yet. He probably deserved it in 2021. I think if he doesn't throw that intercept, he probably takes home a premiership. He probably takes home a Clive Churchill medal and I know that's a big thing to take out. I understand that, but geez, the individual try he scored that night was just incredible and he's had some fantastic moments, Cody, and I just, I want him to have a crowning moment before he retires, whether that's In sky blue, in red and green, whatever it might be, because he really does deserve it. His Haas partner, Mitch Moses, I thought he kicked well. He had a couple of really nice touches, and he ran the ball a lot. 11 runs for 121 metres. Now, do you pick a halfback to run for 120 metres? No, you don't, but... You know, a lot of the time when he got the ball it just wasn't on and instead of trying to push the pass or do something stupid, Mitch Moses just went okay fuck it I'm putting it under my arm and I'm going forward and sometimes sometimes that's what you need from halfback. I think nowadays uh, everyone because we're so in love with stats and super coach and all this stuff we expect our halfbacks that if they don't have two trices they had a shit game uh, and that's just not the reality of it. Uh, I thought that Mitch Moses did control it pretty well. I thought his long kicking game was good. He missed a few tackles to be fair uh, but they obviously ran plenty of traffic at him. Uh, I would Give Mitch Moses, Mitch Moses well and truly a pass mark for this game. I thought he was pretty good. Uh Cody Walker was obviously the star when it comes to the halves. James Tedesco also in the spine was fantastic. Uh Got through a lot of work. A line break. Had a try assist at one point. Came with some really, really nice plays. James Tedesco and 11 tackle breaks as well. Ran for 235 metres. But you know what stood out for me tonight? Read out all those stats. It's impressive and whatnot. But I just never felt like Teddy, Teddy was stifling their attack, which is what I felt in game one and game two. Is it enough to catapult Teddy back into the side next year? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll have to see how it plays out and probably see how he goes for the Roosters towards the back end of the season. But I definitely felt like in this game, uh, Teddy gelled a lot a lot more within this side. And a uh, similar stat sheet, and we did warn you of that, that uh, you know, if you had the same stat sheet with an extra line break and try People would think his performance is very, very different, which he got very close to in game one and two. Uh, But yeah, I thought Teddy gelled in with this side a lot more. I thought Jake Trevojevic was good. Uh, Just did a job and that's all we need from Jerbo. He just brings a different attitude to this side. And, you know, you have a look at the Manly Seagulls, their record with him this year. And then as soon as he comes back in for the New South Wales Blues, we win. I was going to say almost immediately, but we win immediately. Uh, he's just a special player. thought RCG, he was good in his minutes. I thought Keon Colomantungi, he was fantastic. He really held his own in the Origin Arena once again. Didn't have stats that blew it away or anything like that, but he held his own and he showed that he has got a future in the back row. Between Keon, Liam Martin, uh, Hudson Young, I I, I think we're in a really, really good spot moving forward uh, in the back row with the New South Wales Blues, so keen to see how they line up for Game 1 next year. There's obviously still a lot of uh, pieces to fall in place and whatnot, but... uh, Plenty of options to choose from. We've blooded a couple of young guys who have shown that they can handle it. Uh, So we love that. I thought Cam Murray, he was really good. I was a bit surprised that uh, we kept Isaiah playing that link role for as long as we did. I thought we looked much better when Cam Murray was on the field and playing that role. Uh, And I do think that I reckon there's a really good chance he is the third aim moving forward. It will obviously all depend, you know... What happens next year, if Nath comes back, I assume he will. He'll be the seven, and then it'll be Mitch Moses or Cody Walker at six. Guess it depends if Appy's the nine. You've got to remember he was the first choice nine to start this year, realistically. Uh, It also depends who's, you know, nine, seven, six. So many, you know, so many pieces have to fall into place, and you might find we end up going Penrith strong once again, but I do think uh, the Blues will probably lean away from that a little bit next year. But if they won three premiers in a row and they're flying into origin, um yeah that conversation will pop up once again uh look the the bench guys all just came on did their job i thought isaiah yo was strong he had some really nice decisive runs i didn't like the way that we utilized him if i'm honest uh but uh he was very good 28 tackles zero missed got through his meters would have gone for 100 odd yeah 112 meters he was solid saifidi came on did a job um was was sweet. Uh, Clint Gutherson got on, I think, in the last three or four minutes because Josh Car came from the field. And uh, Freddie, true to his word, he did point out that he had no plan for Gutho and he sort of was just going to have him out there because they seemed to lose a CTW, uh, a, a centre or a winger, just about every game. So credit to Freddie. He was true to his word. It genuinely looked like he didn't have a plan for Clint Gutherson. Um, but, look, a, a good night for the New South Wales Blues. a good win. It wasn't a... Um, it wasn't an overly Origin-like Origin, if I'm being honest with you. I thought it was a pretty expansive. There was a number of errors. There was a uh, there, there was just a willingness to sort of throw the ball around. It, it didn't feel like an Origin sort of game to me. Uh, but to be honest with you, when it is a dead rubber and all that, I was okay to see some points being scored, the ball being thrown around, allowing guys like... Cody Walker to really step up and uh, lay down their authority and, and show, show their skill set. I, th- I thought throughout the night there was just some fantastic touches by certain individuals. I thought the Brian to- her first try, the touch that Keon Coleman and Tungy had, that was fucking sensational, that little one-handed tap on. Some of Cody Walker's double pumps. Josh Addo Cars chip over the top. Uh, there was a moment there where DCE kicked the ball. It, looked like it was going to the third row of the crowd, and Xavier Coates got up and hit it back in. They didn't score off it, but they got very close. Um, I'm, I'm sort of getting into Queensland areas now uh, Obviously DCE At one point he had He had guys shooting up on him he, he, he dummied the kick on last He chipped over the top Then he chipped again And he chipped it back infield And fuck just amazing who the ball bounces to Lindsay Collins And it's not about the ball bouncing to him It's just why the fuck is he there again You're a front row forward Take it easy Have a breather 20 metres back But that's just not the mindset of Lindsay Collins He is just different to other front row forwards in our game. And I I thought that was a really big moment. I know it ended up being called a knock-on, which was a little bit controversial. But just the fact that he was there, it's just unbelievable how Lindsay Collins just keeps coming up with these plays in the Origin Arena. And I think he's locked himself into this team for a very long time. Our boy Ruben Cotter, one of our OG, could-be-anythings, a Wally Lewis medalist. Uh, I am so happy for Ruben, so fucking happy. Uh, I just remember in the preseason last year when – Uh, You know, I I, I called him to play Origin and the amount of messages I got from people just saying like, mate, he's not even going to be in the Cowboys side, which at the time was a fair shout. Most people didn't have him in 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 their Cowboys side and that's all good and well. Most people hadn't had the opportunity to watch him like I had, but just to watch him develop and watch him how he's improved over the last year or so and to be able to take home a Wally Lewis medal uh, in your second Origin series, fucking incredible. He's played out of position for a, a lot of this Origin series as well. He's played front row, lock, he's played centre, he's played edge. He's just been moved around everywhere, Ruben Cotter, and he just does a job. And as I said a few weeks ago, the reason why I felt confident enough to pick Ruben Cotter uh, as a Queensland Origin player in the preseason last year was because Billy Slater was the coach and I knew that Billy Slater would see what I saw in him. Which is very similar to Dallas Johnson He is just an absolute goer An absolute dog that will fight for every single bone So... And there was a moment there where uh, Billy Sater had an interview after, and I, I, I he, he gave a quote talking about how you know um, every team should have a Ruben Cotter, every team would be better with a Ruben Cotter or something along those lines. And I kind of felt like he was talking similar to how he would have spoken about Dallas Johnson back in the day. So yeah, Ruben Cotter, congratulations to him. I thought Lindsey Collins was probably unlucky. Uh, I thought he had an unbelievable series. And shout out to Hamiso as well. Uh, a try in all three games. I think they said in the commentary it's only been done by thirteen guys in the history of State of Origin. Um, Hamiso's done it in what, his second or third Origin series, potentially not playing in his best position, definitely not playing in the position that he's played the most first grade in. Um, so an absolute freak, Hamiso. He is a genuine Origin player. I sat there all off-season going, who's the marquee player for the Dolphins? I'll tell you what, the marquee player was there the entire time. It is Hamiso, and he is an absolute superstar that try that he scored he grabbed it for himself the confidence that kid has oh it's just it's just unbelievable he is just such a special talent to watch and he's going to terrorize us for a very long time I posted something about him and someone said to me could he be the next GI and I said you know what he's not the next GI because they're such different sort of footballers but fuck over a long period of time I don't think he could terrorize us as badly as what GI did but I just feel like he's the sort of guy. Obviously, GI would terrorize in just a manhandling sort of way. But Hamiso, I I, I think it almost hurts more when he does his shit because at least you're like fuck. Like with GI, just just to be like, okay, you're bigger and stronger than us. Like what? Uh, there's only X amount we can do. Hamiso, you're just like fuck. If we can just get our positioning right, we should be okay. But he just he is just too smart. He's too clever, and the guys inside him just know how to use him so well. And he backs himself so much. I think he's going to hurt us in a lot of different ways to what we're used to. But good God, he's going to inflict some pain on us. Uh, Yeah, look, for the Queensland Maroons, it wasn't their night. They were uh, definitely off last night um, by the standards that they set anyway. But look, with the series wrapped up, coming to Sydney, does that really shock anyone? I didn't expect to get a... Uh, 100% polished performance from this Maroon side, and I can understand why they 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 celebrated this series win three weeks ago. Just shows how hard it is to win um, three three Origin games on the trot. It doesn't happen all that often, um, and despite how dominant Queensland were in the first two games, still weren't able to get it done there. Uh, but some very good performances. I thought Harry Granny played 62 minutes. He was fantastic. Got through a heap of work. I thought it was interesting how they used Fafita. He scored the first try and he played 34 minutes. So I don't know if there's an injury there or whatnot. You would have to assume there probably is. Uh, that seemed a little bit strange to me, how they used him. Hard to imagine what sort of a game plan it could have been around or whatever. So a bit of an old one there. I do wonder if there is an injury or something there. So one to watch for us super coach players. Corey Horsburgh made his debut. Shout out to him. 21 minutes off the pine. It will be one of many origins for Corey Horsburgh. Early signs look like that State of Origin and Corey Horsburgh are just uh, a perfect match. Similar to how Jim Beam is the ideal addition to Australia's favourite pastime of watching the footy and in particular, State of Origin football. Yeah, look, just... Uh just a solid performance by the Queensland Maroons. Not really anything to write home about. Um, when I say solid, I mean it. Just there, there was no huge lows. They just weren't one hundred percent themselves. Um, and yeah, I didn't really expect them to be. To be honest with you, I don't want to. I don't want to jump on here and criticize the Maroons. For some guys not having their absolute best performances in a game at the end of the day, that didn't really matter that much to them. It was the it was the first two games that mattered the most, and it was in those games that the, the Queensland Maroons. They played their very best games, and all their guys stood up, so... Shout out to the Maroons and all you Queensland fans. Congratulations. Hope you thoroughly enjoyed. I'm pretty sure you did a couple of Wednesdays, though. I doubt you can probably back it up and go again and celebrate harder. But a fantastic origin series for Queensland. A pretty disappointing one for New South Wales. I said a lot of positives about last night, and it was fantastic. But as a whole, I do still believe that this series was just an absolute debacle from start to finish. Um, it, It was great the way we finished. That was fantastic. But at the end of the day it was a dead rubber. How much thought do we put into it? How much emphasis do we put on it? For me, I really do think that last 20 minutes in Adelaide, it really did decide this series. And we'll talk about that more on Bloke and Bar, which will be coming soon on the podcast here. But yeah, Adelaide, I think that'll be the moment that will haunt us as far as this Origin series and potentially just Billy Slater's coaching. I think it filled the Queensland Maroons with a lot of courage for years to come and it filled them with a lot of confidence that, hey, if we can win this, we can win fucking anything. And I think it just built a lot of confidence around Billy Slater and, and his ability to be able to get these guys up. And I think, I think that's going to be very, very tough for us to knock down as the New South Wales Blues and as Blues fans. Very tough situation. Uh, a fantastic series for the Queensland Maroons that, in my opinion, was won in game one in the last 20 minutes when they had a player simbin and they managed to score two tries and come back and win it. Suncorp, they gave it to us as expected. Uh, but I think Adelaide... That was the one where we had a lot of things go our way. Appy scored a controversial try. The sin bidding happened. um, And then Queensland still found a way. And I think it just, once again, instilled that spirit that they have and that they believe so heavily in. And it certainly did pay dividends. So shout out to their coach, Billy Slater. Fantastic stuff. He's now two series in a row, two from two. Uh, Keep in mind, Freddie was in this same boat a couple of years ago. And uh, maybe I'm being biased. Maybe I'm being negative. But I do just feel very differently about what Billy Slater's built and the guys he's got in his squad moving forward than what I probably did about the Blues. But maybe I'm looking back with a bit of hindsight there, to be fair, but I just, I feel like the Queensland Maroons, they're on the brink of something pretty special. Two in a row is special, and I think that if it wasn't for the eight in a row, that as Kempi always said, it has sort of warped our takes and our thoughts on origin. You take that away, two origin series in a row is pretty fucking incredible, especially when you consider all the young guys and all the changes they've made with a new coach. Wild stuff So congratulations to them Unlucky for the Blues As far as the series goes A pretty A pretty uh, It was just a shit fight Of a series But it did finish on a positive With Bradman Best Having a fantastic game Stephen Crichton Having a fantastic game A number of guys Really standing up in that game Cody Walker James Tedesco Was solid as well So a little silver lining A little bit of light At the end of the tunnel For the Blues Uh, But all in all guys A very very disappointing Origin series for myself And the New South Wales Blues